All right, we do it on go, yes. right? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Probably all should have said three, two, one, go. That would have made more sense. You guys want to try it again? You want to try it again? Yeah, let's do it. All right, we're going to be at the seven <laughs> okay, okay. mark instead. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right, so three, three, two, two, two one, 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 go. Go. That was terrible. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second episode of So Did You Like It, a film podcast with among thousands and thousands and thousands of other film podcasts. But this time, we're just not, we're not going to critique it. We're just talking about, you know, what we liked, what we didn't like. We watched it together. That's how it is. I'm Sir Squaren with my co-host, Kaz. Kaz, say hi. Hi, Kaz. Ah, okay. And we're also joined this week with our, uh, with a guest host, if he wants to introduce himself. Hi, everybody. I'm Bubs. Yep, that's Bubs. Uh, this week, we checked out 1982's The Thing, uh, written by Bill Lancaster, directed by John Carpenter, a remake of a film from the 50s based off of a novella called Who Goes There? Twelve men have just discovered something. For 100,000 years, it was buried in the snow and ice. Now it has found a place to live inside where no one can see it or hear it or feel it i know i'm human some of you are still human this thing doesn't want to show itself it wants to hide inside an imitation it'll fight if it has to but it's vulnerable out in the open if it takes us over then it has no more enemies nobody left to kill it guys the vibes on this movie am i right like what? <laughs> I think the mo- thing that this film's mostly renowned for is the practical effects um, that are just absolutely stunning and horrifying. So much so that I think Roger Ebert was so like grotesquely disturbed by it that he just like yeah just called the movie just like unwatchable. <laughs> but like, let's be real, it, it, that that's art right there. That is some art. Yeah, the practical effects. I I absolutely fell in love with when I saw it when I was a kid with my father. So. He that was like one of the first horror movies that he ever let me watch, and it was just absolutely beautiful. It was horrifying, but it was just beautiful. And we already know my stance from last week on gooey boys, so you know I love it. Honestly, like I didn't actually see this movie for the first time until like I was in my twenties. I didn't really have any like emotional attachment to this film or any nostalgic attachment. But the first time I saw it, I really enjoyed it. It's just like during the second time I was watching it, like I enjoyed hanging out with you guys. But like, unless the, the the creature was on the screen and you know, with all the practical effects, there were a lot of times where I kind of felt a little bored. I hope that doesn't. I hope I hope that isn't too mean to say. No, I mean we already we already talked mad shit about you when you were like, hey, you know what? The movie was okay. We waited for you to get out of the phone call, and then then like a bunch of like you know high school girls, we just started like going like, oh, what a bitch, you know. <laughs> Uh, he he just doesn't understand the movie like <laughs> he we just do. Just doesn't <laughs> get it. Uh, now it might be partially a nostalgic thing for me. The visual effects are just something I could just look at like every time. Oh, uh, agreed, hundred percent. And I just I love the paranoia through the group. Like yeah, I know I think one of the criticisms you had said is like the characters felt a bit samey and like anyone could have been changed with anyone. And I'm like I don't know. It it's a it's a situation where you have a small group of people who are all scared and finding 
you know, things out at the same time, roughly the same time, and have little information. Uh, and I'm just like, I don't know. I think that's just a human thing of like just trying to like, uh, okay, we're trying to figure out answers here, but uh, and I, I don't know. I didn't get the same. Uh, I didn't get the same feeling that I felt that they were um, too similar. I don't know. It was just like a situation where. Everyone was making the exact same choice it felt like every other character would make. Like, just some with, like, different personalities, some, like, a little bit more aggressive, some with a little bit more timidity to them. But, like, there never seemed, like, a big difference between a lot of these characters. I don't know. I, I, I'm stuck with names, so it's funny because, like, I'm the one who's like, I watch this movie every year! I suck with names so hard I'm not going to remember anyone's name and you're going to have to correct me. <laughs> uh, but, like, Gary, I think? He was the guy with the little handgun, shot the shot the pilot yeah. Lars. Yeah, um, Gary. I did look it up. His name was Lars <laughs> from the prequel. Yay. Anyways, he and uh, the the guy who had the heart attack. Uh, I think they were very. Uh, oh, th- not very, but like yeah, I think those guys had plenty of personality, especially in that one scene where he's just like looking at the group and he's like, "Okay, clearly you guys wouldn't trust me with the gun." And so he does a noble, tries to do a noble act and like, hey, here, you take it. And the guy, once again, is like, I'm not the kind of guy for this. <laughs> like, no, trust me. Like, there are, there are moments where I felt, like, engrossed in the film and, like, I was like, okay, that was cool. But then there were a lot of moments where, like, I would snap back into the conversation and realize, like, I have not been paying attention for, like, the last ten minutes. Oh, I mean, there's also the fact that we were just, like, chatting through the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like, for me, I... I... I guess I can watch this movie a hundred times over and still wouldn't be bored watching it. And I don't know. I, to me, I just really love the tension that everybody has with each other. Like, like Cos mentioned, nobody trusts each other clearly. And the first thing I wish I remember, he was the guy on the communications. I'm going to be the same way right now. So the guy, the guy, the guy that we said he was, I think he was in the warriors. Uh, he ran uh, windows windows. Yes. Yeah. So windows run straight to the shotgun. Uh, because clearly he doesn't trust anybody, and the first thing he's thinking is his own survival at that point. I I, I thought that was a great scene. Yeah, I I, I just I, I like the setup for these scenes where it's just like yeah, it's just like you know shit's I, going I, down and seeing people react. It's a it's a like, people react with limited information. I just think it's like especially nowadays seems a little poignant. <laughs> <laughs> for me, it just I felt like I wish we kind of explored a little bit more of certain characters like. Um, like McCready's supposed to be a PTSD Vietnam yeah. uh, helicopter vet, and like it's brought up at the beginning of the film. Like someone says, like I hear he was a, like he's a Vietnam vet, or I can't remember. I think it was a conversation yeah. between like Palmers and Nalls when this happened, and um, like there are moments where it kind of comes through, like in some of his actions. But it would have been cool to explore that like a little bit. Like, and I'm not, I'm not telling you to like do like a whole like no. flashback sequence and yeah. like let's film multiple locations. But like a little bit of extra time to explore it, and then also like maybe play on that. Maybe like a little bit few like like close up shots with like some type of like white noise going on in the background as like he's dealing with like an overall fucked up situation that is like worse than like what was going on in Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I agree it would be cool if it had these things fleshed out, if Childs were more fleshed out as a character. Like, what is he so standoffish? Like, they clearly don't get along, uh, and then all that stuff. But I'm trying to think of a way that you could do that where it wouldn't be like campy or comical. And I think that might be 
just a style of of John Carpenter where he's just like you have your information and then you just have to glean that from the character. We're not going to dwell on it. We're not going to like make it like oh this is going to be a central aspect of the character we're going to talk about. It's just a thing that's flavor, I guess. Yeah, in it's the background. Not always like the uh the most uh dramatic of writing. I would say from John Carpenter. Yeah, he's, he does, he doesn't do a whole lot of depth, and I think what it is is more of like you have the information, and then you just gleam what what, what information you're given. You can gleam on the character from then on, like seeing their actions, shit like that. You know, it goes back to uh, shit. Lost the thought there. To... <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back to that. Uh, Bubs, what was one of your favorite parts of this movie? This is like one of your personal favorites, right? Oh, um, so the so, the, so that whole scene where um, uh, McCready and I believe, was, I believe it was Fuchs, both of them went to his cabin because saw, they saw the light on, and immediately uh, Fuchs found the the shredded clothing and just beelined it back to everybody else, and McCready just break, basically breaking back in and just big, <laughs> just big, uh, big nose. No nose. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. So he was with Nalls. Nalls beelines it back to everybody, right? And he just like tells he tells her, I found shredded clothes with McCready's name on it. He didn't see me. And I left him out there and they're like, Oh, we gotta we gotta handle this and everybody was just like making their own, you know, just like arguing amongst each other. Either gonna handle him right now or no, let's see what happens. And then McCready with just big dick energy just breaks back in and has his uh he has his flamethrower and a like a a couple of sticks of dynamite in his hand, and he's just like, "Let's go!" He's <laughs> like, I'll, "I'll basically just kill everybody." He's ready to fucking go at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that show. I think that shows a little bit of like that information, like like that you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying. That was one of the scenes where like it definitely kind of clumps through a little bit with like is like, but that that also wasn't just because of the uh, his past though. The reason why that scene is like really quick is because uh, that flare is only ninety seconds. So Kurt Russell was like barreling through that dialogue as quick as possible while holding that 90 second flare so they could get the footage as quick as possible. Because this was all filmed on a like universal sound lot uh, or sound stages and uh, with air conditioning so powerful that it would make sure that it was negative two degrees while they were filming. That's why you could see everyone's breath. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, I, like, just imagine being Kurt Russell. You have a ninety-second flare. It's a really dramatic scene. You're supposed to like be pretending to like be ready to blow everyone up, and you're just like, okay. I think him having to speed it up really it helped. It actually helped, helped that scene. Yeah, the, the, the tension it made in that scene was good with him just talking really fast and quick, and just being real, real snappy at everybody about it. If if I could go back to my earlier forgotten point, because <laughs> the, the point I was actually trying to make was I was like, oh yeah, you know, it's like unspoken, unsaid thing. I was gonna go back, relude to Halloween. Now you don't know shit about my uh, Michael Myers, uh, but I was like, uh, as soon as I said, it, I was like, oh fuck, that was John Carpenter, right? So I had to look it up because <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was like, I don't, I don't want to say that. And then I was like, no, it was Wes Craven. Fuck. Uh, um, so yeah, like yeah, that just goes to like you know very little about the character, but like what little you can know or gleam here and there. It's I think it just adds to like a bit of the I don't know. It, it adds to the tension. I think I, I don't know. Like I, I think about if they would have added like like 
flashbacks or anything. I, I think it would have just kind of ruined the movie. No, tension. yeah, and I, I didn't want flashbacks, but I, I really would have loved like uh like just maybe a conversation between him and uh Fuchs because Fuchs seemed like one of the few characters that like McCready kind of trusted. So like it would have been cool just like instead of like the immediately the immediate like either start off of the film like they did or just like that night when the dog is like looking for like another human or a new human to assimilate if like there was just a moment with like him drinking his J&B and like a just a small moment of humanity where he like shares a little bit of his past and like the scars he kind of bears. Yeah. I just feel like it could have helped the movie a little bit. A conversation would have been nice. What you described earlier, though, I think would have been like too the, comical. The where it's like, you know. No, and I even said, I, I don't know, if, if you go back, I even said, like, I didn't want like a flashback no, where it's like, I, let's go, I, let's go shoot at location. Where I know, it looks I know like you Vietnam. said no flashback, but then you're like, yeah, if we just had like, you know, like you could hear like the guns and all that stuff, and he just has like. This, no, no, not the oh. guns, but just like a white noise, like just like a kind of blank out where like he's. He's kind of just like disassociating in that moment. In my head, like I just what's going on. In my head, I just imagine a thousand yard stare. You hear like guns, some screaming, and all along the watchtower just playing. <laughs> some like some man screaming like Vietnamese, like in the distance. Fortunate son is just blaring in the background, and he's just going, "No, not Johnny, not, like this. not Johnny." <laughs> no, he's just going, "No." Anything but that song. I can't keep hearing that song. Some folks won't wave in the flag. <laughs> I guess if they would have incorporated that part in the movie, I, I think the best part for it would have been when they're resuscitating. Um, what was this? Um, they uh Norris in the in the hospital room, and they're like they're just basically just trying to bring him back to life, and they do. And it bites off the doctor's hands, and then McCready just he just hears the white noise, and the guns blaring, <laughs> and the guns blaring in the background. I actually think Squaren's got it. I think if they were going to put like some kind of thing, it would be a conversation with characters, and it would be while the dog is still wandering around before shit hits the fan. I think that honestly would have been the best approach to it. Because yeah, I was I was right here thinking like, like we could have gotten two conversations. We could have got yeah. one with McCready and one with Childs to really kind of like if those two are our yeah. stars, like a little oh. bit. Yeah. I'm not saying every horror movie needs to have fleshed out characters. Like we have shown that that we have been shown that doesn't always work. But at least a little bit of I character mean I know work Keith David does helps. menacing well, but we don't know why he's so standoffish. It's just yeah, clearly y'all, y'all don't get along. That's that's cool. Okay, all right. Uh. But he, like, barely gets along with, like, anybody yeah. in, that, in that whole facility. Yeah, yeah. What's that? Once again, we don't need What is his that. job in the facility as well? What is anybody's job? <laughs> well, we know Windows Windows does communications. Blair's right. one of the doctors. McCready's Norris a is a geologist. Uh, I think uh, Palmer is, like, an assistant pilot or yeah. something. Like, he's... Yeah. Like, he can fly. We got a medic. We've got a medic. I think Fuchs was also a part of research or something. Because remember, Fuchs he was, was part of research. He's the one that came up with the blood. No, no, he didn't come up with the blood test, did he? No, uh, it was it was McCready that came up with the the blood test. It was Blair. Yeah, I thought it was McCready. It was it was McCready. No, no. So there there was there was like a there was a blood test that they wanted to try at the beginning where they were get everybody's blood. 
and put it with clean blood that they had inside the uh, had inside the oh yeah yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah 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 the fridge. I think I think Blair came up with that one, and then pretty much someone slashed all the blood bags. I love how someone pointed it out too. It's like you love how like Blair, this medical doctor who like is doing s- dissection of the thing's body after the whole dog fiasco, and he like touches it with a medical probe and then immediately see him touch his own lips with the same side of that medical probe. Oh, and you're just like, there it is. That's, mm. that's how he turned that. That would make more sense right there. Especially. So he was so hands on with the corpses of the thing. But man, wasn't that like just a gooey boy with that? Like after that dog scene, that dissection scene. Yeah. That dissection seems pretty rancid, man. The fucking like stomach teeth. Oh no no no! Sorry, I, I'm jumping well, ahead. Anyway. I'm jumping to the after the heart attack. You're talking about like when they cut open. What was it? Was that when they cut open the burnt dog, or was that when they the the body they yeah, took? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was when they were cutting open the dog. That's the oh, one. Okay. Yeah, and then what was that? Fa- what was that face or form underneath it? It it just looked like this weird fleshy, just chunky mass. I don't know. It was one of the. Uh... The uh, other scientists from, like, the Norwegian consistency. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm not... Uh, anyway, to the next subject. Since we were talking about Gooey Boys, do you have some slides to show us, Kaz? <coughs> <laughs> I don't have slides. I have gifts that Nan was lo- lo- lovingly put together for me. We weren't going to do the hot or not. I'm going to need you to explain these gifts for our for our auditory listeners, though. Like, give me that... Give me those juicy deets. So we weren't going to do a hot or not like we did for the mummy. Instead, I was just going to be like, all right, let me just tell... Because otherwise, I love every practical effect in this. Even the last monster, which kind of just looks like a weird just blah blob uh, with teeth. Um, (laughs) Translation, that means every monster in this movie is hot? Yes. (laughs) So instead, I thought I would give y'all like what I think is my gooeyest boy. My pick for gooeyest boy. And I got to say... I gotta go with the first one, man. That dog that has, like, it has, like, part dog, part tentacle monster, this weird, like, like soul caliber, like, flesh with an eyeball, <laughs> and then, like, this <laughs> mass that opens up, and what comes out is, like, this weird budding flower that opens up into, like, fucking teeth and a maw. It's got... The practical <laughs> effects are so gorgeous. I'm gonna put this up. So here's... If y'all are watching the stream... Uh, here are all of like the major fleshy parts. <laughs> oh, oh my yes. god! It is just like <laughs> these are gross ass gifts. Thank you, Nan, for putting this together. I, <laughs> At the bottom, you have this dog that just has legs coming out that just don't make sense. Oh it my looks good. I feel assaulted. Right <laughs> it now. looks like Ludwig. I'm not done. It looks like Ludwig the Holy Blade. Uh, <laughs> so I was I was wondering. So like the tentacles. The part where the tentacles start coming back on the on the bottom. The bottom gift that you put on. Do, do yes. you think they did stop motion with that, or do you think they had some kind of thing just ready to no. go, just to pull them out and all that? It looks to me, it looks like it could have either been stop motion or it could have just been uh, like reversed footage. Like, was like they had all these veins out and they just kind of pulled them backwards and then just shot in reverse. That'd I think be my that might guess. have been what happened because I'm pretty sure the only bits of stop motion animation was at the end of the movie. It looks like it could be either for me because the, the jankiness of it makes it look like slow motion. But anyways, so yeah, oh it just looks God. like Ludwig the Holy Blade or whatever, but with tentacles, veins popping out. Over here on the top right, we got like 
like I said, that's the that's the like soul caliber like eyeball on flesh I mount. Every choice I've made. Yes, <laughs> and you just see this weird teethy feed me Seymour thing. And as you see on the left, that fleshy mound with the eyeball opens the fuck up, where it looks like sinew and veins and f- just gore. And then this this budding flower comes in, which is fucking teeth. I'll take it away, so y'all don't have to keep staring at it. But. <laughs> This dog is just like this dog that opens up. You see fur on this thing, and tentacles come out of it. It starts pissing blood on other dogs. It has to be the gooeyest boy. Fun fact, the uh, liquid that they used to shoot at the other dogs was actually the same liquid you can find inside of Twinkies. Oh, my God. So you just that. Next ruined Twinkies for Twinkie. me. Uh, that dog never did not look again. like he was enjoying that Twinkie goo. No, they got shot with it, and, and what, what they started melting. Because yeah, well, when you, sh- <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm talking about the actor dogs. So I'm just like the dog as an actor. They showed like some, you know, when they had in Trent's and when they had him like sh- like strangled by like the tentacles and merging. Like it was clearly a puppet, but like when they're shooting liquid at this dog, it's a real dog, and it's like not having. It's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I, I don't know if I'm ever gonna be able to eat Twinkies or look at them again. But let me ask you this: Is that sequence really so much? better? better than the palmer freak out sequence after the blood test when he's just like immediately going into like basically an epileptic seizure then it's just like his whole face is basically reshaping itself while like tentacles are just coming out of each fingertip and toes while these two guys are just still strapped to him (laughs) just screaming bloody murder trying to get away from them as quick as possible and then Mm. what does he do he like somehow does like a back like a a jump where he like his legs flow backwards and he just like defies gravity up to the ceiling (laughs) it's almost like he flew for a second and then just the mm. perfect kill, with just splitting his head open, two perfect maws of teeth, and just crunching Windows' head. It's just, it's, it's art. See, that's the thing. It's hard picking a favorite. I had to pick the dog because so much was going on from beginning to end. And it's also your first reveal of this thing. So it's just, it's such a good, shocking start. But I will tell you, that sequence when they're testing the blood has to be probably my favorite in the in the movie because I just love the tension buildup. I love the, like, you know, they're getting ready to test the blood, and you do, like, a slow, just, like, you're holding on to, like, each character's face for, like, three seconds, like, a full, like, three or four seconds, and you go to, like, McCready's face you know, with holding the... You go to the blood, you know, with him holding the thing nearby. You go to the ca- person whose blood he's, he's testing, and then you go back to McCready with the blood, and he's, like... <laughs> and it's it's so tense. And then the one person whose blood is actually in, in, by the thing, we don't linger on it too long because characters start talking. They're like, oh, this is bullshit, whatever, this and that. And he's like, yeah, you're going to be next. We don't linger on the guy whose blood he's testing. He goes, you're going to be next. And then it fucking jump scare pops up. <laughs> and then well, he starts convulsing. Shit starts going down. I That might be my favorite scene in the whole His movie. face starts melting, right? His face yeah, as he's convulsing melting, yeah. and shit. Yeah, the I, eyeball popping out was pretty gory. I loved it. Yeah. I gotta say, my favorite part of the movie is when they find out that Blair is making a spaceship to get out of there. <laughs> and it's like, you're just imagining <laughs> Blair thinking that little spaceship, like, hey, 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 I've gotten away now, humans. Hey, 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 hey. 
with just like the Wicked Witch of the West theme playing. I'm like, as he like flies around the earth in rotation, just like to the next part. <laughs> just like Blair sitting there by himself, all cold and shit, just like, I'm, I'm not, I'm okay, guys, I'm better. Like, I, want, I just want to go inside. I just want to go Let inside. Me back inside. I'm, I'm okay guys. now, guys, come on. She's <laughs> like, all right, yeah, see you later, Blair. Just close the door on him. <laughs> yeah. Maybe tomorrow. Rahi was saying he had, his, he had a, a noose yeah, right they, next to him where he was eating his canopy. He made a noose <laughs> while he was sitting there. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm really doing okay, guys. Let me back in. Do y'all think he was a thing at that time, or was he still human? <laughs> Oh, he was a thing. I didn't trust his ass <laughs> okay, to begin like, with. Do you think, so you think the thing was like, if I make a noose, they'll look really serious and they'll have to bring me inside. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just be, it being dramatic as opposed to actual human Blair just being like, I'm just, I'm not okay out here. <laughs> I, 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 I like to think that, that maybe that portion of the thing was an actor on the planet that he originally started off on. And he's just like, I need to play my part. Be as dramatic as possible, and then secretly build a spaceship at the bottom like an asshole. Well, here's the thing. This is what we've learned. So here's the thing. Uh, um, <laughs> this thing actually has to assimilate you. You can't just touch it and be assimilated. Because remember that, like Cooper wasn't assimilated. Uh, he was human, even till when he died. From the and dog, like, right? Yeah, he even touched the dog and pet the dog. Spent an hour with the dog, and was never assimilated. So. Yeah, one of them went out and assimilated Blair, so that hangman's noose is probably real before Blair was assimilated. Because remember how everyone was also confused about like what ha- who made of who might have uh, cut the blood sacks. Yeah. Well, if you go back and you like watch the sequence where Fuchs is being taken in by the thing, if you like listen carefully, you realize Windows had the key and he dropped it. He dropped the keys and ran out of the room. Mm-hmm. So someone just had to pick up the keys and go do it. So while that was happening, it does insinuate that the thing had been around for a little bit among them and was like was trying to place the right stuff with like messing with the blood sacks and then going out and assimilating Blair as well. So Blair could start working on the uh, spaceship. I thought Gary was the only one with the keys. But no, Windows had the keys. He dropped them. Bubs, what was your favorite scene? Um, So... Uh, mine, it, it has to be in, in the when when they're in the clinic, and bites off. Uh, defibrillating. Uh... Yeah, the defibrillator scene uh, when he bites off uh, Doctor Copper's hands, and it just starts like rising up to the ceiling and it starts falling, and like just everything's like kind of exploding out of it, and it's growing into like a big old tower of flesh. But I, I, I thought what you know what, even though it was completely horrifying and grotesque, and they hate the way that it looked. The, the little head, the, the little the little head with legs. That little head is comedy. Oddly adorable to me for some reason. I mean, it really helps with the fact that it was like running away. Like, you know, they don't see it. It's just like it sneaks away. It somehow detaches. And it's like this gross thing. And then you just see it in the background. Like the framing is so comedic. Like you just see our heroes in the front, in the front, in the background. You just see like this little chittering of this thing. Just like, just getting away. And then they all just like hear it or something. And they turn around, and it's just standing there. It's like, oh, hey guys! And then they just burn it. <laughs> oh, I, I feel like it was maybe trying to like, like it would be kind of funny if we try to convince them. Like, oh, I'm so glad we got him, right? We're 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 all normal here. 
we're all normal, and then they're like, no. Hello, my name is Elder Head, and I'm here to talk to you about the Book of Mormon today. Do you have some time right now? And that's why they set it on fire. Blow torch. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. They're like, yep, yeah, we're done with that. That's good. Yeah, but that that whole scene is just I, I I just enjoyed that scene so much. Yeah, that that's fucked up and gory. That's fun. Uh, a little inconsistency happening there. Or well, I don't know if it's inconsistency. I because it's the thing. I don't know what is supposed to be the deal with it but like every other time it has red tentacles or weird like muscly like weird stuff going on but when it opens up its stomach it's green inside hey man what's wrong with that what's wrong with that no i'm just like it's, it's the only time it's ever green i'm wondering like do you just have green spots like green <laughs> bits in you and then red bits there's or some green is this sacks, like a some red sacks some blue sacks uh, was was this just a weird interaction because he had a heart attack and so it's like starts Turning green in the gills. Well, I think even the the the, the Twinkie, the, the Twinkie juice. Um, ugh, just thinking about it again. Uh, the, the, so the, the <laughs> even the Twinkie juice had some green in it, I believe. Maybe that's just part of its stomach acid. I don't. I always thought it was red when it was. That's why I kept joking, saying it's piss and blood. What do you prefer, piss and blood I or mean, Twinkie juice? It, 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 both both sound bad, <laughs> but I guess if I had to choose one, I guess I'd choose Twinkie juice. <laughs> I might be better off than piss and blood, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I didn't say, what do you prefer to be happening to you? <laughs> Would you prefer Twinkie juices just flowing out of you? Or well, Either way, I'm going to I'm gonna be just, just assimilated at that point. So uh, just make it quick. Let's just do the, I guess, the Twinkie juice. You know, I'll, I'll just melt. Just <laughs> All right. All right, Twinkie juice, final answer. For bubs. Oh, so th- that that's another thing that we we I think we had a discussion on when ah, damn it when uh, Norris had had a heart attack. Uh, we 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 had a discussion about the the thing being just like a perfect copy of the person. So I think we even brought up that maybe that the anything like heart condition or all that yeah. too is comes with it. That was something that I asked, because uh, I find it interesting. I'm like, oh, so when it copies you, does it also copy, like, your diseases, whatever germs? Here's the problem, though. I haven't seen the movie, but I did do some research. The 2011 prequel film completely fucked that up, because when it assimilates uh, humans, how they figure out isn't through a blood test, by the fa- but through the fact that it can't replicate fillings which store cavities and also kind of like also insinuates that the teeth come back almost like perfectly healed, like formed, not like completely messed up. So did it get a heart condition or was it able to Uh, fake a heart condition? I having seen it, me and Bubs actually saw it together. So we've both seen it. My assumption from the way they played it in the prequel movie was that it couldn't replicate foreign objects, and so the problem was when it, when it uh, form, formed into a person, like you still maybe had a hole for a piercing, or you maybe had a gap where your filling would have been. I think because they didn't show them how. Or, I mean, they, not that they really call it out specifically. It's not they didn't show us like you have perfect teeth because then they wouldn't have known. They wouldn't have known if the filling was there or not because the thing could have just been like, oh but yeah, they like, showed a hole. I yeah, would kind of because like I I wouldn't be surprised if like it doesn't have like a heart condition after the situation Norris, but like was able to 
fake a heart condition. Because remember, like, it can act like these people for as long as it needs to until it's discovered. So it, it can at least get its memories. See, but, but when you... So, okay, so when Norris was alone by himself... Uh, that that's that sounds dumb. When Norris was alone, um, he was genuinely reacting to his heart. Like he was having some, he was struggling a bit. True, true, true. And you you can even see that he was struggling. So I think that the, I think that it, when he carries over any kind of conditions that you have, I think that's something that does happen if it becomes a perfect clone, and then they resuscitated it. You know, and go, then it ripped its own head job. off of its body. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that idea more. I, I think it just sounds more interesting, and it sounds like a cooler thing, and just like kind of a weird, goofy thing. Just like, yeah, when it replicates you, it also takes whatever bad cells that you had or whatever it's conditions just, you might have it had. It feels a little bit too <laughs> much like War of the Worlds, where it's just like, it was the common cold that wiped them out. No, <laughs> no. Because, really, I mean, most humans are going to be healthy, but also it does make me wonder, like, when it transforms into a human and it takes over human, does it have the lifespan of a human at that point? Like, it, I think it's just interesting and weird. Um, I'm also going to bring up just a an external source to something I watched just completely separate from this a year, uh, while ago or a couple months ago was uh, there's this channel. I'm going to give them a shout out. Roanoke Gaming, I think. Uh, on YouTube, uh, and he does like biological breakdown of like horror monsters, and one of the thi- he did one of the thing, and so that was one of his ideas, and that's where I'm like, oh yeah, that is interesting. Um, but another thing he said was because of the way the thing works, as far as like taking over your cells and fighting, like or you know, yeah, attacking your cells, taking them over and replicating them. One of the things he theorized is people with autoimmune diseases, uh, where your cells just are stupid and they attack it uh, themselves, would probably have a it would take longer for the thing to take over them because the cells are already dumb and attack themselves and so like your white blood cells would be like what the fuck is that and they would just like kill it and i'm like as a person with an autoimmune disease i find that hilarious it won't save me i'm still fucked but i'll last like a couple seconds longer (laughs) Uh, question so if like say it takes over someone who has cancer does that mean it's space cancer no, it's replicate. It's hu- human cancer replicated through by by space. <laughs> by space, I don't know. Got it. I don't know. I wanted to still include space there, and it sounded dumb the way I was saying it. So, <laughs> so fuck. Wow. But yeah, I, I don't know. I just I just find it interesting that the thing whoever replicates it also replicates the bad stuff. Because yeah, it, it makes it fun because otherwise it's just a superhuman or no obviously it's superhuman but like it's just a you know super strong thing it's like yeah it takes over you and it gets rid of the bad stuff it can tell it knows cellularly which yeah i just think it's more oh here's a good question i have for you guys do you think fuchs burned himself like killed himself by burning himself or that the thing killed him knowing that he didn't have time to assimilate him that i thought was a fun uh, an interesting idea too because i'm just like yeah, they say in the movie, like, oh, he must have burned him. Like, I think the yeah. final thought is, like, he must have burned himself just so it wouldn't get at him kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't know. It's a pretty tough decision to make. Are we sure that's what happened? Who do we think killed few? Exactly. I think the thing was sm- smart enough to maybe come up with the scheme like that. Maybe he decided that Fuchs would be better to be just burned. 
And maybe he did burn. I mean, he's smart uh, enough to but... build a spaceship out of a helicopter parts. Yeah, and tractor parts. <laughs> the tractor. Helicopter and tractor parts are all you need to get to space, everybody. Everyone who owns a John Deere, you have the components to make a spaceship. <laughs> What's you're keeping the only you? One, you're the only one holding yourself back. Be better. <laughs> who, was the, who was the thing that attacked Fuchs? Who do we think the thing was that attacked Fuchs? Well, the only people that had flamethrowers was McCready and... I think Childs at the time, right? Well, no, I think he was burned by a torch, I think was the thing, wasn't it? I think it was Blair at that point. I think it was Blair that killed him. You think Blair had gotten out? and Because remember, like, the, like isn't that at the sequence where um the generator failed and the lights went out? And yeah. And you yeah. see yeah, and it, someone yeah. running And you see outside. someone walk by. Yeah. I think that's Which... because Blair was going around looking for parts for the ship. He gets caught and then makes a choice to just, instead of assimilate him because he knows he doesn't have time, but kill him instead. Wasn't McCready just with him? Like, w- would he have just, like, le- like he was just walking out, wasn't he? Or someone was with him. And then, like, the lights go out. He sees someone walk by. And, like, what? Like, whoever w- walked by wasn't just like, oh, shit, lights went out. Let me go find someone. <laughs> you know, uh, go- he might have been still working on the uh, the, the test. Yeah, all right, I guess. I-, I think it's, like, just thinking about it as just, like, if you're in that situation, if I'm in that situation, the lights go out, that guy's in a room by himself, I'm not going to trust him enough to go back and see what he's doing. <laughs> That's fair. All right, yeah. I'm like, okay, if I was in that situation, but here's the thing, like, you would have think thought you trusted him, and he's not where the generator was. He wasn't where the jet. Like, I would be like, oh, okay, whoever's near the generator, they're clearly sabotaging. But this guy, he wasn't near there. Why would I suspect him? I don't know. I I think it was I think it was silly that he was by himself to begin with, and because of course we we saw the, the place is the place got got a little bit of room. I mean, there's, it's kind of big, you know, the the place that they're living in. Yeah. Oh, fun fact: uh, the set for um, the Norwegian outpost. It's mm-hmm. the exact same set of the blown up outpost at the end of the movie. Oh, that's See? badass. That's good use of your, your assets. Right, right. A little fun fact. I'll throw those in every now and again. So, Bubs, you were saying the place yeah, was big enough. Yeah, the place is big enough. I, I think being split apart like that and being in one room away from everybody is just dumb. I mean, it, it, it wants you to be alone. It wants to get you by yourself. It wants to assimilate you and just... Just being away from everybody just seems wrong, but of course, no one trusts each other. Yeah, it's like this is the one time where it's like the buddy system. Maybe it doesn't work. It? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that works against you, <laughs> especially if like get butted with it. So we have the place being huge and sprawling, and them having enough room, you know, enough room for themselves. How come McCready of all people had his own private cabins or quarters that was just like way the fuck up here that oversaw everyone and was like its own big room? You don't want to be there when the night terror strike. <laughs> no, God damn, that went dark as hell. Right one answer, but like. <laughs> They're not building a, a, a facility being like, all right, and here's the room for our one guy with Vietnam PTSD. Obviously, when you're an architect, you have to think of these. Like, no, I mean, so, like, why, though? That was just a pilot outpost. Like, that was just, he was, like, quick to be able to get to the uh, 
um, helicopter from where he was at. Because didn't he have like a radio in his room so like they could radio him when they needed him? I don't know, actually. Because if there was a radio in there, it would have been like a short field radio because they never bring it up whenever they need to communicate outside. Because they, like, they don't need him for anything, really, because he's just a pilot. Like He's not part of the science team. Like yeah, This was a science he's just outpost. There to... He's just there to drink, play chess, and then ruin the chess machine. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. On, uh, in in his bitch. defense, they had pinball. They had arcades. The chess machine. Uh, you, no, who plays chess? Who plays? <laughs> All right. You're right. You're, no, you're, okay. You're then that's in not in his defense. <laughs> what kind of masochist who has pinball, uh, arcade, pool table chooses to play a chess machine listen (laughs) to me you're in an outpost full of nothing but men and the chess machine has the sexiest (laughs) voice of anyone on that you bet damn hell he's gonna be playing that you know they got engineers there they can fix it come on come on are you telling me that like i will only finish when the computer says oh yeah that's I will let her listen to me say rook to e5 all day long there. That's that's sir that's what he busts the hardest. <laughs> it says checkmate. <laughs> checkmate. Oh yeah. Knight takes queen. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and the JMB really fucks you up when you have it for too oh, long. Oh god. And you know, and all, he he was just sharing a drink with her. You know, it's not his fault. <laughs> I, that it's I know. Imagine he gets lonely. He's like, "Hey, were you guys an engineer? <laughs> <laughs> Something happened. I don't know. Liquid got inside somehow. <laughs> Can anybody fix this? I didn't mean to. They just hear. Uh, they just hear McCready crying at night because like he's named. It's just like Barbara, come back to me. I never meant it, Barbara. You just hear like one of them in the in the outpost. Like and that's why McCready has his own place. There you go. We've come. We've gotten to the bottom of it. Night- that's like how confident he is. Yeah, night terrors. Like, you see, like he was bunking with everybody, but like it just got too steamy with that chess machine. <laughs> Uh, can I propose an idea? What's that? Okay, so what if they had a team for the researchers, everyone had a room, and then an addition person came in, so they had to make an extra one, and McCready just got kicked out. You know, drew the short straw or something. Eh, I mean, that's a, there's, there's a lot of speculation we can go every which way. I think that is not that is, that is not a that is not a problem. I wouldn't I wouldn't tell them to draw straws. I would say like, give me my own room. Like I don't want to be anywhere near you guys out here. Yeah, I, I, mean, I bet I bet it was Clark was a new guy. Clark's the reason why he got kicked out. Damn, damn Clark. Ah, oh, fucking Clark. Yeah, Clark, Clark. Clark was an asshole. <laughs> so here's here's a fun thing about this. So like, the I I particularly kind of like the score of the thing. You know, I think it has a lot of tension build up. Yeah, John Carpenter um, does his own score, so it's always pretty basic. It's not John Carpenter. Is it not? It's a Neo Morricone. Oh. The Spanish or the Italian, uh, the late great Italian composer, and what's what's crazy is um, John Carpenter did not actually use a lot of the music that he sent. He only used a little bit of it and then put his own work in there uncredited, because John Carpenter, of course. Uh, and Anil even got a Razzie nomination yeah. for it. The rejected music from the thing was used for the Hateful Eight, and he got a Oscar for that that's pretty crazy that's another another film with uh kurt russell another film with kurt russell and oh my gosh that movie i well i don't know if we'll ever watch the movie i don't know if i've got four hours to like listen to people talk to each other in a cabin but i just thought that was an interesting fact because like sir it has walton god as i was listening to uh 
the thing's music a little bit closer this time around. I feel like a lot of today's music is influenced by like that type of tension build up, not with like any sort of main theme, but just like a running bit of just noise in and of itself. Like what Colin Stetson does now in like movies like um uh which one do oh hereditary and uh color out of space like it's not really even now about horror themes anymore it's about like ambient tones and using those to like really mess with one's like uh idea of like what's going on on the screen i'd have to jog my memory i'm pretty sure the only time like the music really kind of like in either of those movies, really kind of like was like, ooh, this is really adds good to the tension. Was like the ending part of like with uh, with in Hereditary when she's like crawling on the ceiling and like chopping her head off. <laughs> those are the part where I'm like, uh, but I think it was also the scene itself. No, I get that. That scene is, oh my god, that'll be a that that's just an insane one. I don't know when I think of the themes, uh, the theme of the thing. I just always go back to the dune. Dun, dun. Dun, dun, I bet you anything that's definitely like John Carpenter. Yeah, like John Carpenter always adds his own like music in it, and it's always like pretty basic once again, but like pretty remem- memorable. Like we watch Halloween. I mean, even Halloween kind of has that dun 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 dun. But it for that one, you know, it's not slow. It's a lot faster in pace. Fun thing. So speaking about the opening, I learned something cool. So you know the iconic opening of the movie, like with how the letters like fade, like burn in that says the thing? That's all practical effects. That's so cool. Oh yeah, that's cool. all so practically like they, done. They took the uh, animation of the title, put it on an animated cell, put that together in a rigging, covered that in a uh, black trash bag, and then set it on fire. So it would burn out like that and they would have their little yeah. opening. And I yeah. looking at learning that I was like that that's some ingenious filmmaking right there cuz that is probably one of the coolest opening title screens in a film. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great, looks great and it uh I think it has a good effect when they when they do it. Um I think we we're joking when we we're watching it. It's like, yeah, it's all practically done. That spaceship they actually got that. <laughs> Real, real that was spaceship. a real spaceship. They they called they, they made some phone calls and guess what? They got a real spaceship. <laughs> they uh they found <clears throat> they found some farmers that didn't need their tractors. They asked the military for some helicopters. That alien totally was like, "Why do you think it crashed? Did it just like was it really just unpilotable, or was it maybe like an alien being taken over by the thing was like, I got no choice. This is the only way to get rid of this, <laughs> and then just chose to like just fucking dive bomb before it's fully assimilated." At that point, we would just be speculating forever, because you could also say like maybe it's engines, or maybe That's it's like. Fair. Ship couldn't take the atmospheric entry into Earth or something like that, you know. Or maybe the thing wanted to do it. So it, yeah, you're right. Dun, dun, dun. Well, well, maybe, maybe it was where, because that ship was too big for just one alien. So maybe it was like a crew, just like how they had in the Antarctic, and they died in there. And the only way that they thought that was going to get rid of it is by crash landing on. Well, Earth. from watching the prequel, I don't want to mention the prequel too much. Cause you know, it's going to be too irrelevant from here, but like from watching the prequel, it's one of those like, eh, you know, if there were more of them, then they, they would have found more, more bodies. Cause they found the whole ass ship. Um, but they only, f- so it might've just assimilated <laughs> the whole crew by then. I don't know if there were any more aliens. Oh, by the way, did you guys know there is a canon sequel? to the thing 
Was it the video game? It's the video game. Yes. The thing played okay, it, yeah, I heard that. by John Carpenter it, himself. Is it actually considered canon? Okay. Do we want to talk about uncanon sequels? Because, boy, do <laughs> yeah, I, I have a tirade. Our, just okay. so you guys know, our, our beloved co-host here, Kaz, took the personal bullet of reading the Thing comic books just for you guys. <laughs> so he would love to explain some things to us. There are four comics. All bad, and then another comic that said, "Nah, those didn't happen." <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> so, by the end, people like to have the uh, people like to have the argument of like, who was the thing at the end? Was it Childs? Like, was Childs the thing at the end? And in my mind, I've always thought it doesn't matter. The point is the paranoia, the never not knowing. Like people like to say, like, oh, well, uh, was it a? Uh, uh, Keith David didn't have any breath. And when we were watching it, I was like, look, there, he breathes. You could see it. He had breath. <laughs> God damn it. I know. I saw it. I was rewatching the ending scene. And he blew breath out. Yeah. I'm, he did. I'm, I'm one of the few that believes a child's was assimilated. No, I get it. I love I lo- the theory's fun. But I, ultimately, I think by the end, it doesn't matter. The, the idea of the ending is it's bleak, it's fucked up, and it doesn't need to be explained. You just you go by, and they're both fucked. Whether one of them's a thing or no one was a thing, they either both die and or the thing becomes. And yeah, I, I like open endings. I'm fine with that. But this comic book, <laughs> this comic book decides to continue from where that left off to which McCready wakes up on a ship. He wakes up on a ship and he's like, what happened? Where am I? And he's like freaked out. He's like, am I am I a thing? And so he just like, like I don't know. We like, you know, I guess they left him alone long enough. He tests his blood and he's like, oh, I'm safe. But like, where's Childs? What happened? And then he doesn't find Childs. I don't want to dwell on it and go point by point and describe the whole thing because we'll be here forever. <laughs> but it turns out. Childs dragged him over, like he he like uh, McCree passed out at one point, and at that point, you know, because they were frozen, and Childs just like kind of just dragging his corpse over, and a ship finds them, and he hands McCready over, and they take care of him until he wakes up, and McCready just leaves. Oh no, sorry, uh, Childs just leaves, and so yeah, the whole thing is like, is Childs a thing? And then eventually they get to test him; he's not a thing. Uh, he just went by to burn the rest of the corpses. Um, but like I said, I'm going to shorten it. There are four comics. Two of them are repetitive where it's like, oh, no, but then someone, it, it turns out the thing was, like, preserved in, like, uh, in a droplet or something and, like, infected someone else. And who's the thing? And we're doing blood tests and we don't know who, or we don't find out. And then eventually we find the person, we burn them, and then someone else gets infected somehow by some remnant. And then we're, like, doing blood tests. We've, we don't know who it is. Then we burn them. That happens for, like, two, two, two whole-ass comic books. It's not particularly great. <laughs> the last two... Three, it's just repetitive. Three and four, they get to Argentina, I think. What, <laughs> what the, the fuck? fuck? No, for three, they get to Argentina, <laughs> and like McCready, once again, he just like wakes up. He's been out for like days, and then he's like, oh, you know, like where's where's Childs? Where's you know the these other people? Es- es- Eskil, I think. No, I don't think that's the name. Um, one of the people, he's like looking for them, <clears throat> and he can't find them. Once again, long story short, the whole camp gets infected. He runs into Childs later, and uh, they do like a blood test on McCready, and like his blood just like pops out, like you know, like the like jump scare, like the thing. And so it's like, oh my god, is McCready the thing? But then he runs into Childs later, and Childs half like transformed into like this weird flesh monster is like 
it was me. I inflected the blood sample, McCready. And so, like, yes, okay. And then, like, you know, the soldiers end up burning Child's thing. <laughs> so Child's does become a thing. If, if you know what? I, I'll be completely upfront with you. I saw a pic. Well, I was looking at some stuff for the thing today before, before all this. Mm-hmm. And I saw a, a clip of that child's transform, and I was like, yeah. "That's I go, that's some fan art bullshit. I'm not believing that shit. Yeah, it looks and like garbage. You, and then you fucking just confirm it right yeah. now. It just kills he, me in the inside. And he's just there with the little speech bubble going, it was me, Austin. <laughs> um, and then, I did uh, it for The Rock. <laughs> and, and then... uh the the whole camp becomes like practically infected except for like McCready and like one other person as as they just, like decide to like burn down the whole like uh, hangar that they're all in uh it busts out as this big giant like hangar size monster and it's chasing McCready down and it's got him cornered to a tree and it's like oh no McCready's going to die and earlier they had called in reinforcements and the reinforcements came in and carpet bombed the fucking thing kills it but not McCready somehow uh. <laughs> and then the you know happy ending there then it turns out the fourth one the thing had survived by infecting a fish oh so it's living its fucking big brain energy <laughs> it's living its life as a fish it finds this harbor town where it infects like this guy and then this lady also this gets infected, and they were like they were like lovers. And so, like when they find out that they're both the thing and were formerly lovers, they're just like, "All right, so like we want to protect ourselves and we want to live together because we love each other and we're the thing." I don't know. And what? <laughs> and so it's like, "All right, so so just what? So hey, God, just this is take beautiful. This beautiful. Nutri- <laughs> don't don't assimilate. Just drain as much like nutrients as you need to survive. We don't need to assimilate. We just want to survive and live together and all that stuff." But like a third cut off portion of the thing took over this other lady and she's going around infecting the whole fucking harbor town. <laughs> And so this is all going on. They're trying to have their love story. This lady's going on infecting this whole fucking small, like, little settlement or this little, like, Anna Harbor settlement. And all the while, like, suddenly McCready just shows up. (laughs) (laughs) He's there to, like, oh, I must stop the thing. I let it here. Somehow he chased the fish. I don't fucking know. And then he's he's there. There was a strange looking fish in the water I saw, and I just needed to check up on this. That just looked at me. Like you saw knew. the fish and the white noise started happening for him. <laughs> so one by one, McCready and and friends, I don't know, just say that, McCready and friends McCready start taking friends. <laughs> Yeah. Start taking down everyone in this harbor town. A ship comes by, like this like uh, yeah, this ship comes by to like pick people up. Uh and it starts going away, and after like the whole town is like burnt to a crisp, or at least with the things, McCready gets on the boat. Finds the lady who's the last remnant of the thing, and it he starts burning her, and so she turns into her human form or the human form that she had taken instead of being a monster, and is like pleading for her life, and he's like, "Can't do it. Can't make. She can't let one of you survive." So he burns her ass, and then like the whole ship is ready to fucking blow. So he jumps off the ship as it explodes, and she makes it off the ship. Also, it's like a splitting head crab thing. But apparently she's so weak that she can't fight. She's just slowly sinking to the bottom. Like I don't have, and you get the you get her like speech bubble. And she's like, I can't fight this. Like I'm just I'm just gonna sink to the bottom and die. I guess this is the end. And the voice of her. Oh shit! Is that a JoJo's reference? Maybe I don't know. 
the voice of her thing lover, who was her th- lover in, when they were humans, is like, "You gotta go on. You gotta be able to. You gotta be able to move on. If you turn into a fish, you'll forget all about our relationship. But no, you'll sur- but you'll survive." And she's like, "Are you fucking kidding?" I guess I gotta do it. And so she turns into a fish. No. And as she's going, as she's swimming away, the comic ends as her as a fish is just looking at other fish and a speech bubble that says food. Oh <laughs> my god, that's why we oh, oh my god. It's got a faint what? faint taste of shit in my mouth, right? There you go. That's how that comic ends. Um, now, would you like to know more? <laughs> okay, you know, I've got it in this deep. Go ahead. There's another one. I'm actually not going to go into it too much because I forgot. I, I, I listened to a, I, I saw like an audio version of it a long time ago. I actually, It was like a YouTube video where they showed the, the, the slides of it and they were reading it dramatically. Um, I don't know where that is, but I saw it a long time ago. But... <laughs> But that was it was actually like okay that didn't happen but instead we have a research team and they're trying to research its blood for the sake of like scientific discovery and so they're like locking they're like keeping it frozen but they're also like getting parts of it thawing it out and putting it with other animals just to see how it interacts uh, that's all the thing that's fucked up and it's actually kind of interesting there's another comic though that is done by the same people who did those four that I was telling you and they did another one that was basically an early part of after the thing crash, it's like 1100 AD or something like that. Uh, and what? it's, and it's Vikings dealing with the thing. <laughs> oh, this sounds awesome. Oh my gosh. This sounds amazing. No, it doesn't. It's actually, oh, this sounds like, it's a- this sounds like every Viking would be having a hard on. like, this is how I get to Valhalla. This is the start of Ragnarok. Let's fucking go so, right so now. Vikings just, Let's do this. Vikings find a dead settlement of just burnt corpses. There's like, oh yeah, there was a war here and there's like a settlement here and every corpse is burnt. They're like, what's happening? And then like a uh, fucking like these, they find a shack that has like these three women. I think they consider them witches. Uh, and they're just like, oh, this whole place was attacked and we just saved ourselves by hiding in here and then like this other guy who comes out and he's like I was in the village they're the reason this all happened they're evil and shit like that uh, and then like yeah one by one they just start to like fight the or find or, you know, chase, or it turns out he was the thing he starts infecting them they're fighting it and they realize like you know they don't stay dead when you cut off pieces of them uh, they end up finding ways to like burn them and one by one they go and they burn all the witches because eventually it turns out they also got infected and or were infected the whole time I don't know uh, and then uh, yeah by the end of it there's like two Vikings left and they're like uh, none of the villages are gonna come back for us for a couple of days now we'll probably be dead by then much like the ending of the first The Thing movie uh, and then there's like yep I guess it's just us and then they just like kind of just like hold hand- like like they kind of like grab each other's hands and like kind of just like a recognizing like handshake and then it just has like a worried look from one of the vikings as he looks at the other one and then it ends (laughs) actually neat i i I need a game i need a tv show i need a movie spinoff of vikings cowboys versus aliens can kiss my ass vikings versus the thing though (laughs) yes please i i would hate that (laughs) i met like i i met like my significant other and she's everything I've ever wanted, right? 
and it's beautiful. I'm in love. And then fucking Kurt Russell's McCready kicks down the goddamn door and starts burning my wife because she's assimilated. It's just Which part of that did you hate? All of it. <laughs> that she was the thing or that you found true love and Kurt Russell burned her ass? <laughs> I, I, I think there would be more of the Kurt Russell burning her at that point. You're like, she can assimilate me, Kurt. I love her. Don't let, don't let her leave me. So on that bright note, I feel like that's where we'll wrap up for this week's episode. Oh yeah. But before we keep, before yeah. we go, we always have to ask the question or answer the question. I can't talk. So did you like it? Did you guys have fun? I like this movie. It might be a nostalgia thing, but I watch this like almost every year. This is a great movie for me. Same. I, I love this movie as well, and I can just gush over all the practical effects to the end of the to the end of my life and. I just I just love it so much. It's such a good movie. Square in, did you like it? Honestly, yeah. Did I like it as much as I saw it when I saw it the first time? No. You know, since you do know it's coming up around, but when it comes to practical effects and just hanging out with your friends and watching it, it's it's a beautiful movie. It's great. I had a good time. But anyway, that's gonna do it this week from us. Uh you can catch us next week. Uh well we're gonna be talking about Shaun of the Dead. Me and Cass will be back normal time if you want to watch the movie with us you can join us on second respawns discord uh to watch it we watch it wednesdays at 9 30 central we're pretty excited about on it wednesday. But, on wednesday but yeah this has been uh so did you like it and we hope you had fun kaz you got anything to say before we before we head on out do a little bit of plugs so yeah you watch it on our discord you can catch this stream on fridays usually a little after 10 on twitch.tv slash second respawn we're twitch.tv slash second respawn i've been talking with squaren who's twitch.tv slash sir squaren and you can also catch digibubs who is our guest for today who's twitch.tv slash digibubs 86 and uh just so you know we do have an edited version of episode one ready to put out on other podcasting formats and uh, if you want to recommend the show to everybody, uh, we do have a YouTube channel called So Did You Like It, where you can watch the VOD of our first episode from last week. But until then, guys, we will see you next time. <laughs> only bubs only always bubs <laughs>